Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Welcome back to Big Gay Energy. I do not think you guys are ready for this. We have a really special guest today, or should I say a holy visitor. Please give a big gay welcome to Christina Tontari Young, who plays Sister Beatrice on Warrior Nun. Thank you so much. Indeed. Many, many holinesses here today. <laughs> all right. No one is ready all gathered in one place. All the holy. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, what a journey. Speaking of Warrior Nun. So we got to the end of season one and just like, bam, that cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I died yeah. inside. <laughs> yes. Thank God there's holiness because now we're all back. And yes. the wait for season two has been so long and just full of all the, all the angst. And so yeah. how did you handle that gap in shooting and just like, I guess the pandemic in general with, with this project? The short answer is I didn't at all <laughs> i mean no but like not nobody really handled that that gap in their lives very well i think i think that's just normal now um but it was definitely really weird coming back into that in season two and being like oh yeah this is what like working was like or like acting and doing my job um yeah. so in that sense number one very weird to be back on set very great to be back on set but everything was so different i mean there was all the COVID protocols everything you couldn't hang out with people we were in hotel rooms separated from each other. So we would be doing table reads exactly like this, but the person playing the other character is sitting behind a wall and you can hear them through the wall being like, why can't I just sit in a room with them? Aww. That would be so much better. But um, yeah, no. I That's even sadder. Time, it's so sad. It's so sad because it's like you have, you, you have no connection and you like, yeah. you read through these scenes that you want to bring alive and you just, you're like bang, literally banging on the wall, being like, "Speak to me." <laughs> Look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes. I just want to give me something to work me. with. Yeah, that is very different. That, yeah, that, yeah, that feeling kind of bled through from COVID into our into our filming of just like really just wanting to reconnect with other people, and I think that's that's a central theme in the in the show as well in the second season as well, ironically. Um, is connecting again. So reconnecting all the dots after the literal explosion that happened at the end of season one. What a parallel to the real world. Yeah, I know, right? I know, art imitates life. Oh, right? <laughs> unintentional <laughs> parallels. Probably intentional but, a little bit as well. <laughs> okay, fine. Maybe. Um, but we did hear something about you writing a one-act play your pandemic time was that oh yeah it's terrible that's gone to the halls of mordor no one's ever gonna see that <laughs> no she threw it in the fires i completely ripped off beckett and like no one is ever gonna see that play like i just rewrote waiting for godot like in the 21st century but not even like it yeah yeah it's just two very sad people sitting on a porch talking about 
how they don't want to be sad anymore, but they're just continued. They're just going to continue being sad. And, and then one of them walks away into the distance and we don't know what happened. Sounds sad. Yeah. It's very sad. It definitely yeah. reflects my state of mind during that year. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> See, I was the happy one during all that time period because I'm such a hermit that I got to stay home in my little hovel and just <laughs> and fight. That's all I did. Nice. But um Okay, so Beatrice has a very important scene in season one where she reveals a secret about herself to Ava through reading the story of a past warrior nun. How did you approach that scene and what did you want to convey by revealing uh Beatrice's past? So leading up to that scene, like I knew that when I read the script the first time and I, I saw that scene that that was going to be, you know, kind of like a linchpin in, in Beatrice's character, the way that everybody perceives her. Um, I mean, we re we reworked a lot of it because I didn't, it the way that I first read it, it was a little bit dry and I wanted it to really, because there's not many moments in the series especially in season one because everything's happening so fast and like we really i really wanted that to be like sinking a stone into a lake you know like this is somewhere we're really really we need to go into the depth even if it's just for a minute or two just to have a little bit of a pause and give that moment where somebody is coming out or coming out to say whatever is important to them something about their personality their 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 true selves that is not something that can be just kind of blown over to be like oh well we're kind of deepening the character a little bit but not really so I really wanted to we kind of rewrote it a little bit with um with Simon and we talked about it a lot to really give that moment the weight that it, it requires and deserves um but then when we actually got to shooting it it was so funny it was like it got pushed forward so i didn't know we were going to shoot that scene until like a few days before and i was like oh should i haven't done any work on it because i thought we were shooting that like two weeks from now so i was like oh great all of this emotional that's right now uh delivered <laughs> um, so, so we got there on the day and the director was great um we really worked through each moment specifically which I was very, very happy with I because sometimes on these shows, like you, you are in a rush, like you need to get stuff done on a certain schedule, just like with any kind of filming, like time is money. So you need to kind of move forward at a certain pace. But I was very happy that they had taken the amount of time that we required to really get to the bottom of that. Well, it definitely came through. Uh, yeah, we, we just we just talked about that because we filmed the last part of our uh, warrior nine episode and we actually said that it was it made it that you made it heavier and really mm -hmm. let like let us stay in that moment with Beatrice yeah. so because I think I think especially because life is also so fast nowadays it's important to sometimes just sit in a moment and be like yeah it's really heavy because <laughs> then you can Absolutely. really appreciate when it's not not that yeah I mean, Speaking it, of go ahead, that Kayla. scene and us filming our Warrior Nun episode, we came mm. up with a question during it, and we wanted to know if you were <laughs> told to wipe your face like this, or if that was no. just something that you did. <laughs> that's just, just that's just a meism. I love it. That's it was so like, oh, shit, I'm like, I'm ruin my makeup. We were like, it's so elegant, and she's just. <laughs> Don't ruin the makeup, don't you? Don't yeah. ruin the makeup. I was like I can't, I can't like go like this because then all of the mm -hmm. time it's gonna come mm -hmm. off. So I'm like, I need to either pat, but that's gonna look really weird. And I know the makeup artist <laughs> is standing right over there. The <laughs> like, nailed it. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, yes. just, uh, just do something. Just a little nice. dab. Well, yeah. it came off as like just elegant cuteness. So good job. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It adds to like the onion layers of Beatrice in that scene. Yeah. So, yeah, well done. Thank you. Also, the way you paused saying the yes. word lesbish and like breathe <laughs> with you know, like a breath through it. What, Caitlin? <laughs> I'm sorry, there was just so much talk about that. 
We did talk about that for a hot minute. <laughs> no, your line delivery was really great. It adds to the weight and the gravity of the whole yeah. story. It's it, thank you for bringing that scene to life. It was very it was handled very uh, beautifully, and I like I like that you were given the opportunity to take your time with with a scene like that because it, it really did come through like on screen versus being rushed, yeah. like you said. So I'm glad you had that opportunity. Yeah, yeah me too. Thank you, directors. Thank you, show writing. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of these great uh, scenes and choices, do you have a favorite scene from season one? That one. I mean, yeah. Yeah. In my that head, one. I knew she was like, and, she's going to say that one. Yeah, that one and the, the hallway fight where I like oh. beat up a bunch of people because every girl. Yeah. We're going to talk about like, that. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. You don't get to do that every day, you know? Yeah, it's like sometimes you just got to take down a bunch of people because they're staying yeah, in you know. the way. Beat the crap out of some dudes. Move, bitch. Get out the way. Get out the way. <laughs> that is the energy of that scene, yes. Yeah, basically, it's just like, you think you're going to stand in my way? Not it's today. Not you're cute standing there. Yeah. <laughs> not today, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess speaking of atypical things that would happen in a show about nuns, uh, what was it like uh, wearing a nun's habit? All the time. <laughs> all the time. Literally all the time. Yeah, literally all the time. Well, first of all, it really made my ears hurt because it kind of pinned my ears against my head. Yeah. So like, constantly by the third hour of shooting, I'm like, I have a migraine. Um, no. But sorry. Other than that, on the on a on a deeper level, I don't know. Like I didn't grow up in a very religious family um I mean I was baptized and we like my mom brought me up Lutheran but we were never like huge churchgoers like we went to church we'd go to church you know maybe on Christmas something like that on Independence Day um Finnish Independence Day not American Independence Day um and Stuff like that. Like we were, especially when we moved to New York, we were connected with the Finnish church here. It's down in Greenwich Village, um, but more with the Finnish school. But through that, because the church kind of ran the school as well. So, but um, I mean, it was definitely a, because I had to do a lot of research on nuns. I did a long, long bout of research on nuns and how, how long it actually takes to become a nun. Not that I can really remember any of that now. That was like four years ago. But um, it is a very, very long time. And it is it is a very kind of, it depends, of course, on what kind of denomination and where you are. But it is still a very strict way of life. And I think that definitely, the more research I did into that really informed um, how I played Beatrice. Because that kind of just played into, you know how sometimes you're, kind of lost in your life and then you find something to focus on and you totally hyper focus on that and you make it your entire personality and then you just kind of lose yourself in that and you're like I found myself and actually you're like no you're not yourself um so I feel like that's kind of the process that, that went into, into mm. that but but the the nun habit definitely did feel a little restricting <laughs> I mean I had to lift up my skirts to walk up the stairs and all of that oh. so it definitely created a different layer of like wow this is it is a diff completely different way of life yeah i hope i've answered you want to be a I nun i don't know if i did no. <laughs> i would not i would not want to be a nun <laughs> <Less than learn. laughs> this is what questions come to my head i just no i have enormous respect for people who can devote that much of their life to something they believe in um but i would not want to be a nun i i like wearing tight-fitted clothing way too much <laughs> and life free of migraines would be nice too, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure that's I like walking. If I was gonna do do that I, for my yeah. entire life, I'd be like, give me another centimeter. On the, on the head. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It did look very tight. It did. I will say. So. I mean, that's part of. Like, I, really, I, I did ask it to be tight as well. Like, I'm not complaining right. because it, they made it too tight. I did ask it to be like I wanted it to feel restricting. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And you also do a lot of movement too, so I would imagine it's better if it stays. Yeah. 
stays yeah. close. Yeah. Um, I really like what you said about um, Beatrice and because it's, it's similar to what we talked about earlier, Theora with Beatrice and um, getting into being a nun and that like be, have that being her like thing and but she's really actually lost so yeah. it, it really came through because <laughs> we were just discussing it so that's really yeah, I cool think sometimes it but, just takes it takes one person or one thing to pop that bubble and i think that's kind of what happens to beatrice yeah Absolutely. bubble gets popped that was a good pop <laughs> Yeah, that was, was a good I, I, I'm like, I'm I make weird sounds with my mouth on my Uh, she will fit right in here because yeah. Caitlin and I do that constantly. Yeah, I like the hyperfixated thing. I'm like, yeah, once every quarter usually. Yeah, it's the ADHD like, the new personality. <laughs> yep, I like, find, um, find a new hobby every three months. I'm like, oh, this could yes. be my personality. Exactly, <laughs> this will be my life. And then three months later. I like, why everything I that I bought bar? for that is just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yep. I feel that. Um, yeah. All right. So, what is your favorite thing about Beatrice and, and why? I think it is that that ability to be quite objective in each situation. She's very very down to earth and grounded which is an interesting juxtaposition because if you don't, if you're not really being true to who you are, then how can you really be down to earth and grounded? But she does it somehow. Um, I guess you got to be grounded in something, even if it's not your true self. Um, but it's, I think through season two, we'll, we'll get to see her thrown her thrown off balance a little bit. And I, I really like that, that aspect of her character that we'll get to see in the new season um, where somebody, you take somebody who thinks that they know who they are and then you kind of throw it at a wall and, with sticks yeah that's awesome that's like everything yeah. we want to see yeah yeah go back those onion layers oh yeah get yeah, ready yeah. to cry no oh, how no. did you say that <laughs> <laughs> how did you say that <laughs> i was about to ask like what's with the onion guys like <laughs> we saw like, it's, it's a character <laughs> with layers like you see one outer yeah, layer and like yeah. as you get to know the character you pull back the layers and see who she really is and, yeah and yeah. when you peel onion layers you're gonna cry yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. I Anything with gay, you're going to cry in media. <laughs> yeah. It's a drama, guys. Yeah. Yep. Or, I mean, they could just completely change it and make it a comedy. You're. We'll find out. <laughs> I mean, there is comedy I mean, I mean, in also, it. Also, like, there is a lot of comedy in it. And I think. I think there is there is still a lot of comedy in, in season two. I think they really they really okay. banked in on that. Um, they really owned in on that, which is good. I, I like that. Oh, good. Happy to hear that. So, yeah. So as much Ava's as you're gonna be dad crying, jokes you're also going to be laughing. Yeah, you know, there's crying. a balance, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Can't have one without the other. Yeah. Mm. Um. So we've got to talk to like a fight coordinator and stunt double for another show. And we always talk about stunts, but did you get to do any of your own stunts? Yes. Um, yeah. No, please finish. Well, usually people say no, so I was going to say, or do you want to? Yes, no, no, we did. We did. Um, we, uh, we, well, I, for myself, I arrived to Spain and then pretty much immediately after quarantine was just, well, even during quarantine, because we still had to do like a 14 day quarantine when we arrived in a country. So during quarantine, it was like working out, strength training, like, like really working out. Like I got there, I was jet lagged. A few days later, I had my first like strength training class. And I did like this, you're in a hotel room, right? So there's not exactly many places where you can do like roundhouse kicks, um, unless you want to break a lamp um, and your foot. But there was a little deck. For it. <laughs> but there was a little deck outside, and this was in like July in Madrid, so it's oh, like a no. hundred degrees outside, and the sun hits the deck like at midday, full on. 
and I think we started at like 10 and there was still some shade and I was trying to do like we were on the zoom like I had my computer up on the table so the trainer could could Monica she was amazing so that she could see what I was doing and I was outside in this like leggings and shit and it was just so hot that we were doing some Pilates and and and, and cardio and I just I was like I need to sit down I think I'm gonna pass out but they really really trained us for the first like three weeks before we started shooting they it was a lot of training I mean it inspired me to start training again because I was like holy shit there's actually like results like I I don't just feel unfit and and weak um that was that that realization came after a few times after almost passing out um sure but after that we started when we were out of quarantine we started going to the stun warehouse and like they taught us all the choreography that we were going to do and there's a great fight um i forget which episode it's in because it's been such a long time but there's a great fight that you'll see um that takes place in a church and that is like 80 percent us actors doing the fight that's so awesome wow yeah that's gonna that's gonna be my favorite fight of season two. I can already tell. It's just that's so exciting. It's so large scale and just yeah. I want to fight people. Okay, Caitlin. <laughs> you should you should do whatever makes you happy. <laughs> I you say that until we bail her out of jail. <laughs> I mean, I've tried to learn how to use like a rope dart weapon, and I just hit myself a bunch of times. So there's the video. I don't think. There's the good thing you are hitting something. So now you just have to twist it so you're not hitting yourself. I hit something else. (laughs) Michelle would be proud. Baby steps. No, when I started practicing with the all the throwing knives and the, the shuriken and everything, I think it was it was our first day of shooting all together on season one and we were shooting the fight in the hallway at Arctic with when the Tarasque appears and there's a point where I have to do this like spin jump thing and I like throw a shirk and and it hit the DP right in the forehead because he was right behind the camera and he was like just aim for the camera and I was like you're making a horrible mistake yeah (laughs) I mean you were on target I was, I was on target. That was, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a terrible, terrible thing to say because those cameras are expensive. I know. It was like a really small rubber thing, so I wouldn't have broken it anyway. But I mean, if if it hits human flesh at a high enough speed, I have no, there's no telling what it could have done. Thank God it wasn't his eye, you know, like I felt. Yeah. That would have sucked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank God that, that didn't happen. But but yes, the, the target out. training is important. Always always point at other people. <laughs> not <laughs> yourself. <laughs> not yourself. It's not a boomerang, thankfully. No. But the DP is okay, and the scene was DP beautiful. Great. So. He's great. We're yeah. great friends. <laughs> that was the start of a great friendship. Right, bonding. There you go. <laughs> I mean, if you hit me in the head with something, I'd want to be friends with you, too. That's how it is, you know. All right. So speaking of, like, I guess relationships, this is the weirdest segue ever, ever but we're going to go with it. Um, how did you see the relationship between Beatrice and Ava from when they first meet until the end of season one? Like, the evolution of that? Well, when they first meet, I think Ava's like, oh, my God, what's happening? And Beatrice is like oh my god and then by the end of the season Beatrice is like oh my god and Ava's still like oh my god what's happening because she's going through so much (laughs) no it's fair though no that's like I think she finds a she she finds a friend in in Beatrice someone who she knows she could trust which takes her a while, understandably, to, to to trust any of us because I mean, if somebody told you you had a magical artifact in your back and you're now the savior of of, of the universe, you would probably think twice before saying yes, I sign up for this. <laughs> um, but 
yeah, I think in the beginning, Beatrice thinks of, like, there's a scene where she she's puts the tranquilizer in her neck. And I think that all of that is like, Beatrice thinks Ava is kind of a means to an end in the beginning. She's just another thing that has to fall into place in order for that halo to get where it belongs. But I think straight from the beginning, Ava kind of represents a lot of this freedom that that Beatrice has always wanted to have. And and even though she's kind of locked that desire away, I mean, like, I don't need that. I have all of this. It starts to kind of eat away at her being like, but what if I could have that? And and obviously her job is there to be there to support Ava. Um, and she does that to the best of her ability, just like she does anything else. But when does it kind of go over the point of this is just me doing a job? I think we start to see that a little bit that towards the end of season one, where it's, um, she can't quite recognize what it is yet, but something's going on beyond below the surface. Um, but I think through season one, Ava becomes, you know, if not the most important, then one one of the most important people. In, in Beatrice's life and that's quite a big jump from being a means to an end in the beginning yeah it's huge well said excellent it's been known to happen okay <laughs> occasionally <laughs> um so big big gear switch but are we going to find anything more anything more about where Michael went after he went through the portal. Yes. Thank you. Yes, that, Caitlin, most that definitely was... you will. Most definitely you will. <laughs> Caitlin's been on that for a while. She's like, yeah. I need to know what happens to Michael. You'll know what well, happens Brie to Michael. Because Brie went like, oh, I don't think they're actually going to talk about that next season. I'm like, what do you mean they're not going to talk about it? Here, listen, oh, I'm just... Who went through the portal, never mind. I'm just yeah. messing... <laughs> It's my like mess with Caitlin hour. No, it's definitely yeah. No, it's, it's twenty four seven with you to be to be discussed for sure. Thank you. Amazing. Thank yeah, you. Caitlin can sleep now. Thank you. <laughs> Don't worry, we won't just forget about right. the kid <laughs> that went through the portal. I was very concerned oh, about yeah, the kid. What kid? <laughs> Who's kid? What kid? They were in our like kids. Ooh, okay. How <laughs> like protect the child? Like, what happened to the child? <laughs> um, okay. Well, that just shows how much we don't know about season two because we haven't seen it yet. But everyone else will have already known what is happening when they see this. Mm-hmm. So this question is not for them; it's just for us. Okay. On a scale of one to ten. How gay is season two? With ten being at very all. gay. Yes. And yes. one being not gay at all. Right. Correct. I mean, it, well, it gets progressively Explicitly gayer. and implicitly. There we go. That's a good answer. Bye, Caitlin. Bye, Caitlin. <laughs> Bye. It gets, it gets progressively gayer as we go on, as life Beautiful. usually does. That's, that's, like, that is so <laughs> great answer. Your answers are so good. Um, sounds like, no, a, there, sounds there like is, a six. Yeah, there is a definite promise of gayness throughout. Um, obviously, straight in the beginning, there's a lot of huge, you know, world-ending problems to deal with. So, but there's definitely yeah. a lot of, lot of, lot of munchy food for everybody who's <laughs> into Ava Tris. A lot of little snackies. That's an ex- excellent way to say that. Yeah. A little, little Winning. Is, is Mary alive? Well, this is coming out after yes. the yeah. show came out. Um, well, Toya was oh, not no. with us for the second season. Oh. Due to personal reasons, she had to, she had to leave. So... Unfortunately, Mary will not be making an appearance in season two. Oh, sad day. Yeah, very sad. She was a she was a great part of the team. I think we all we all felt that loss as if it were so fun to watch. Truly, truly real, which it was. 
So it came as a complete surprise, but. Yeah, thank you for joining us. So she's alive. Okay. Hoyer's alive. <laughs> and very well, yes. She went through the portal that we're not going to talk about. Caitlin's going to make an alternate oh God, <laughs> alternate yeah. season two in her head. I mean, yes. I mean, there's a, there's an alternate season two that lives in all of our heads. <laughs> That's what fan fiction's for. Exactly. Oh, but speaking of the actual season two, so mm-hmm. in season one, it seems like Beatrice is kind of being set up to have like personal growth a lot in season two. So what kind of journey do we see her go through in the next season? A rocky one. Um, I mean, yeah, like she's, as anybody would be after seeing what happens, any devout person would be after seeing what happens in, in the end of season one. It's obviously blown everything out of the water in, uh, what, in what pertains to faith. So first of all, there's a lot of questioning of, of faith, what to believe in, who to believe in. Um, obviously what happened with uh, Father Vincent, who was one of the pillars of, of her life betraying them so that was not you know ideal um so all no, of these I things thought they that wanted thought... that to happen <laughs> um sorry <laughs> no but a lot of these these things that thought she thought were you know the foundations of what she's based her her, her life on are not true or are not dependable so she's first of all going through that second of all she's going through you know ava yeah, whatever's going on there. Um, so that's very, um, that's going to create a lot of nice, awkward, awkward situations and a lot of inner gay panic for, for her. Um, and, and not only inner, but external as well, uh, which I we love some gay very panic. funny. Yeah, which hopefully will be <laughs> yeah, very there's the comedy. <laughs> enjoyable to watch. Yes, yes, the gay panic is the comedy. Uh, no, there's, there's more comedy too. But, uh, but yeah, and then obviously everybody's kind of as the trailer you've seen the trailer the trailer kind of hints that everybody's kind of separated so we're all having to kind of find our way back together and figure this problem out so that's taking up a lot of energy and yeah i think i think her her journey is one of acceptance of what's going on around her and acceptance that she can't really change it like you can't fix the world um but you can help someone else do it and i think she's really kind of sitting into that that position it's like i i am able to help someone else do it um acceptance of her position in life and 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 herself kind of through that but i think the herself is not something that she's kind of consciously doing i think that's something that creeps up on you as it usually does you never like oh i've accepted myself (laughs) One day you just wake up and you're like, yeah. I don't feel terrible about myself anymore. Yeah, Rocky was that, a great way to describe all of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's just so complex. many things she's being exposed to that she's yes. never been had to handle before. So, yeah. I can't wait. Like dancing at a bar. She's my favorite. Yeah, yeah I, 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 know. Like, I feel like she's never been in this position before. <laughs> no. It's like that, that skill of Ava trying to get Be. It looks like she's trying to get Beatrice to dance and like loosen yeah. up at this it's actually, at the actually, well, whatever. Everybody will have seen this by now, but it's actually Ava trying to get Beatrice to drink. Oh, that's uh-huh. even better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we see the sweatshirt come off at one point. Yeah. <laughs> No, we're well, not then. playing strip poker. No. <laughs> That's... I didn't even go there. That was you. No, <laughs> no I, defi- I definitely, my brain definitely went there immediately. And they were like, let your hair down. That's it? That's it? Yeah, she belongs here with us. Yeah. She does. Yeah. We keep her. Okay. There's a lot of support and love for the Avatrice ship out there. So what was what is it like seeing that in the fandom and have you ever been a part of something like that before? I mean, first of all, it's 
freaking amazing. I think all of the art, um, um, I mean, I haven't, no, I have. I, all of the art and fan fiction and stuff like that. It, I mean, I, I never expected it. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that I got a lot of really wonderful messages from people all around the world um, after season one came out saying that, you know, they didn't feel like they had the power to stand up for themselves and, and seeing, first of all, someone who looks a little more like them and, and has a similar background to them. Um, seeing that on screen really helped them to be able to find their own on footing a little bit more in life and be able to come clean and, and live true to themselves. Um, so that was very touching. And it kind of cemented to me how important it was that we did handle the scenes that should be handled in certain ways, certain ways when while we were shooting it, having no idea that this would be the, the response. Um, I mean, it really made me grateful that I was able to be a part of this, seeing seeing all this community of people come together and, and celebrate something about themselves. Um, but it isn't even like, obviously they came together because of the show, but it's not even about the show. Um, you know, it's, it's about their identities and, and how they see themselves and how they see themselves in the world and how they relate to the world and being able to be a part of somebody else's journey where they finally have the courage to to be able to see themselves in the world and to have a relationship a little bit more with their surroundings um, in, a, in an honest way. Um, I think that's really important and really beautiful. And yes, I, I, I have also been part of fandoms before. I, I mean, I started cosplaying when I was like 14. So I've been a part of many, many fandoms over the years. <laughs> she gets the fandoms. I get the fandom. Well, circle, then. <laughs> we don't we don't often have guests who have been in fandom and oh yeah I've, I've we have to make a dictionary for people yeah I've slept on hotel room floors at conventions and to see I love it with cosplay groups and 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 reading fan fiction and all that I, that's a part of my youth we uh, often awesome. have to explain like sh the word ship to people <laughs> so. oh yeah it is sailing, my folks. It is sailing. <laughs> sailing into the sea. Yes. Well, we are sailing, hopefully sailing. We're gonna sail that ship. Oh yeah, that ship is uh, that ship is sailing very strong. It's got a lot of wind in that sail. Yeah. The horizon is coming. Ooh. <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out something to say. I just can't. So. She's making me want to write a fan fiction and put The Horizon is Coming as the title. Oh my god. Nice. <laughs> That's a good title. And I'm I'm going to blame you. Well, I'm glad to be of inspiration. Of service. Mm -hmm. Okay. God, I have no segue for this. The there is no segue for this. <laughs> there is no segue for this. Just do it. We've gone too deep now. There's no. We have to dig a tunnel somewhere else now. Get back from the horizon, guys. Yeah. Well, it's about Bray. That's how. I'm but I like start it here. This. Oh, what? <laughs> here we go. So She's gonna reveal all my secrets. Okay. I'm ready. So. Brie likes to send us some weird messages. And she sent us <laughs> not weird, weird, but like she just likes to send us videos. And one of them was a video you posted where you're singing a song about tuna with Alba. What um, was that all about? We were deliriously tired. Um we were so tired. There's a there's another picture of me probably from the same day sleeping in a chair like this um between shooting so i think oh i remember now it was because we were in seville and we went to this beautiful restaurant um with a bunch of people and it was a restaurant that just sells tuna in a multitude of different ways so you can have tuna in 50 different ways um 
So we had tuna in many, many, many different ways. And after that, <laughs> we both agreed no more tuna for a while. Yeah. I mean, it so was I hope you like tuna. Yeah, I, we, we both do. But it was like, you can have too much of a good thing. Too much. <laughs> yeah. Tuna, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think tuna is something that you have to indulge in in like small amounts and then have a gap in time before you have tuna again even if you're just having like one kind of tuna so i admire you guys for getting through that much tuna and now the song makes sense yes we're we're like how do we get our energy whatever's left of our manic energy out Mm. so we can calm down for shooting so we're not singing the tuna song just before they say action so do it Man, the tuna that song would, would have been a great addition, though. <laughs> Still waiting for the blooper reel. I'm sure there's other other bits just like that on the blooper we reel. We need it. I don't know where it is. I need to see it's on a server gonna... somewhere. You're like, there's so many things I did. I need to see it. <laughs> Can we get Camilla to find that on whatever server it's on? I'll ask her. That's part of something too. There were so this. many good bloopers. Like the floors at Arctech are super slippery, and oh, our no. shoes were also very oh, slippery. No. And there's a point oh, no. um, where we all come out of the closet when we're we're trying to. Um... <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry, we're children. He's literally closet, guys. Come on. We know, but still. <laughs> yeah, so we all come out. All of the nuns come out of the closet. Right. This is the blooper. Tackle, As they do. <laughs> tackle this large man guard. Um, and there was a point where I was running after someone. This is just before the hallway fight scene, I think, in season one. And I was running after someone in the hallway. And just like we, there was like a 90 degree angle. You had to like pivot and run that way. And I just kept slamming into the wall because I would just slide on the floor. <laughs> so there's, oh, no. definitely a, there's definitely a shot of me, just the camera's here and I just clear the camera and bip, slam into the wall. Oh, um, I need to see that. I mean, not that I want to like, see you like hit choice. a wall, but it sounds <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh my God. Was it fun? Yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. <laughs> How much of a badass did you feel? Like, did you feel like a total badass? There's that one part of the end where Beatrice takes the the staff and he's the dude's trying oh. to shoot her and she's just like redirecting his gun in different ways. <laughs> that that scene, that part of the scene was like so awesome. Yeah, I definitely watched it thinking, wow, if I could actually do this in real life, I could be anybody. Literally. Good. Yeah. I could do anything. I would not fear taxes. I would not fear the next <laughs> presidency. I would not fear yeah. anything. <laughs> like, Great, now I'm terrified about politics again. (laughs) (laughs) It's about hope, Brie. Just work on your baton skills. Well, we haven't. Maybe when we see Michelle. Okay, so speaking of other skills, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your history in dance? And did that translate in any way to, like, playing Beatrice? Yeah. um, So I started ballet when I was three. Um, wow. and I, for, for a child, I took it pretty seriously. Um, and when I was 10, I went to Moscow, Russia to study ballet at a boarding school. Um, I was there for four years and then I had a bunch of little injuries here and there that was just like, I'm not not going to be worth it um and i left and decided to become an actor uh but yes it it definitely like as a dancer you you learn this spatial awareness around you um it's kind of subconscious that you always know where other people are standing around you because on stage you have no mirror so you need to have that spatial awareness so you can keep your place and i mean that definitely helps when you're on a film set you don't really need to think about if you're blocking someone or if you're not blocking someone because you already know oh you see the cameras here the audience here i know where i need to stand to make a nice picture 
so that everybody can be seen, everybody is lit. I'm not blocking anyone. I'm, you know, in a space that doesn't hinder anybody else's space. So definitely in terms of like technique, that that definitely helps. Um, I mean, also like it's it's a just it's a. I think it helped me in a way that I carry myself in a certain way. I think my my movements are not so much anymore, but um, I definitely for Beatrice it was it was very important. She has always got perfect perfect rod straight posture. The way that she fights as well. Like I was so lucky that I had um, Helen with my stunt double on on uh season one because the way that she moves is also very lyrical very very dense like the way that she fights so it, it was never much of a there was never much of a difference between the way we two move um so yeah i think it definitely helps yeah awesome. uh, i wondered because then when i <clears throat> when i saw when I watched season one, I thought, wow, she, she just has a certain way of moving through these fight scenes. And then when I was doing some research and found out you did ballet, I was like, that makes sense now. Yeah. So it's also because there's a rhythm to everything. Uh, there's a rhythm to speech. There's a rhythm to every scene. There's a rhythm to movement. And, and there are certain rhythms that work. And then there are certain rhythms that either make it comedy or, or just don't, don't work at all. <laughs> So that I think definitely being around a lot of music, um, like I played the piano and the violin as well when I was a child. So I think being a lot of, around a lot of music and then was there anything music, you didn't do? Seriously? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's a lot of things I didn't do. That's just the first thing that came to mind. Um, but yeah, being around a lot of movement and music and connecting those two and seeing seeing the rhythms that work and the rhythms that don't, and also being in in drama school then like studying a lot of these great plays and, and seeing the rhythms within the text there you kind of learn to follow what's written in a way that it's not just like you say the words that are, written, that are written on the page but there's a certain rhythm to how people converse and when you change that rhythm you change the meaning of the conversation so it's playing with subtext a lot I love that absolutely um there was a mention of children's theater on your spotlight profile. What was yeah. your experience with that? Children's <laughs> theater is, is the toughest thing to do. I think, I think anybody who wants to become an actor has to do children's theater at least once because it's so hard because it's, I'm not equating children to animals here. I'm just prefacing that, but it's almost like, acting in front of puppies because you have to be keeping their attention because children are so curious about the world that they're always like oh what is this what is that very easily distracted so you need to really be present because like with animals if you're present with them they'll pay attention to you they'll give you their 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 respect but the same thing with children if you're not present with children they're just going to go do something else so as an actor, you have to be, when you're acting, you have to be present with your scene partner, with everybody else in, in, in involved. And I mean, children's theaters, like a gladiators, you know, like, you know, you have to, are you entertained? Um, yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, but I mean, it's also very rewarding when you do a good show and, and you see that everybody's, you know, kept their, butts on their little seats and, and, and has been engaged through the show. It's, it's like a nice feeling being like, oh, okay, I, I've done something good rather than just being like, oh no, I'm a failure. Um, and then leaving the stage to the crying of crying of school-aged children. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Awkward. What a description. <laughs> I was, I did a show for children and I was a cow. Nice. And just like one little child coming up, like, can I take a photo with you? I'm like, oh, okay. So people actually paid attention to the cow who had no yeah. lines. Cool. You must have been a very engaging cow. <laughs> There's nothing nothing to be ashamed about there. <laughs> it's like a lot to be an engaging character with no lines. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the picture, you can tell from the picture. <laughs> yeah, I have a picture of me as a cow just like crying as a cow. <laughs> It's, it's, I would be engaged. 
weird time. Uh, All right, free. (laughs) (laughs) So, speaking of your many talents, we see that you have some really cool sports and hobbies that you enjoy. So, first, how did you get into making costumes for like cosplay and etc.? And Go on. No, you go ahead. You're good. Um, go. Okay, so I got into making clothes, first of all, by, well, I mean, I, I was that kid who's like my grandmother sewed, um, and I thought that was awesome. So then I got like a little tiny toy sewing machine um, when I was like six or seven, and then started making really 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 bad dolls clothes until i realized that i could make really 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 bad clothes for myself um (laughs) (laughs) that starts somewhere (laughs) but then i when i left ballet i kind of went through a period i was playing a lot of piano i didn't really know what i wanted to do with my life so i was homeschooling and i was at home a lot and i was like watching a lot of anime you do and I was like damn I could try and make one of these costumes so I did and kind of taught myself to to draft patterns and all that and then it's kind of all kind of flew off the rails from there and it became a complete obsession and uh, I would stay up all night and just make costumes and think about the different different things that I could could do with a sewing machine and I mean I think it really gave me something to live for for a while until I until I got into um college so I was like at least I can do this that's quite a skill yeah like yeah. looking through your photos I was like damn like I could never imagine even coming up like mentally coming up with how to do that or where to start so yeah. Some of those I don't know, look I've... really those look costumes are really good. Yeah. They are they are my prized possessions. They are sitting somewhere in a storage unit gathering dust and hopefully when I die they'll become a part of my estate. <laughs> Somebody will buy <laughs> for a lot of money so my children can live. There you go. Um, Plans. Yeah, but no, they they're um in the beginning I definitely was more like, I'm gonna make this character's costume and then I was like, Oh no, I can actually like design stuff out of my brain um but it's like i've definitely since ever since being a kid i've I've loved like geometry and shapes and and there's just something interesting about like seeing a shape of a of a piece of clothing and then just being able to like deconstruct kind of like it's 3d and then you kind of just like lay it flat and Mm -hmm. then you see the pattern come out what's your favorite a lot of mistakes Oh, I love, um, I'm thinking of also like what's my favorite one to wear because a lot of them are really uncomfortable. Uh, I think I think my favorite one is one I made for, uh, we had like a Shakespeare cosplay group because we're nerds. Um, I love and it. I made a, I made a, I made a costume for Hamlet, which was nice. really dramatic and saw that like very overly dramatic just like hamlet and um very dark and 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 fancy because when you're a prince and you're having a tough time you gotta dress the part (laughs) it's emo hamlet is ancient emo emo ancient emo i love it covered in a lot of crystals i love that one yeah yeah that was the one that like immediately caught Hello, Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, moving on from Hamlet and Caitlin laughing at me to surfing. Yeah. So it looks like fun. I would kill. I would die immediately. But you yeah, look like so you're having fun out there. It it is a lot of fun. It's very hard. But I started during COVID. Um, because I was like, well, it's very hard to get fabrics because, you know, you kind of have to go out and touch them and then decide which one you want. So it was very, like, 
I didn't really want to order a bunch of stuff online just to have to send it back. So I was like, I'm just going to find a different hobby to hyper-focus on. And so I started surfing. And now, I mean, it's the longest living, like, full-on, like, I'm not doing any other hobbies. I'm just doing that. Um, very fun. It takes you around the world. Like, I can I surfed out in, in, in Spain and in the north of Spain. and. I was in Puerto Rico last winter, and yeah, it, it's fun, but it's very hard. It feels like being in a car crash constantly when you're sleeping. That must be why I hate it. <laughs> Constant whiplash. It's not, it's, not for, it's not for the faint of heart, we'll just put it that way. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I tried to learn it. it yeah. Do you do shortboard or longboarding? Um, I started when I started. I do. I did longboarding, but now I only shortboard. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, sure. I've gone it's over to the dark magic. side. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Don't even know what that means. <laughs> the longboards are anything, pretty much anything over eight feet long. Um, and shortboards are pretty much anything under. I don't want to like get crucified by the entire surfing community but under six foot five yeah i think that's right um so yeah. anything between six foot five and eight foot it's not a board. that's like a mid-length oh so, yeah oh there's yeah. there's a i'm sorry yeah there's, there's i knew nothing <laughs> no it's okay no there's a there's a mid-length or fun board um category that's like you're a little bit you want to make more radical turns you want to do a little bit more of a, a little more turns and different kind of surfing than what you would do with a longboard with a longboard if you want to stay on a longboard you'll start to like you want to step on the board and like go all the way to the front and and do all that stuff but it's just it's just a different type of surfing so everybody just and everybody has different boards um depending on what kind of surfing they want to do And shortboarding is like the most like aggressive form. Yeah, basically, it's it's yeah. easier to get past the break point with the yeah the waves with the shortboard. Yeah, I I was at a point where I was dragging like a nine foot long board out into the break, and I was just like, I'm just gonna swim. I'm just gonna drag the yeah, board behind me, and so I'm just hard. gonna swim out. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this anymore. <laughs> yeah. oh, I had that happen to me when I was learning how to longboard. I was like, this is so much work. I didn't even get out there. Because <laughs> the board's so big. It is. It is huge. And you're just it's like, hard. I don't, it's too much work. But damn. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, part, part if it gets any bigger, like, you're getting, even if you're not holding onto your board, like, if you check that there's no one behind you, you've let it go, you're, you've lost it. The wave has taken it out of your hands. It's like, it weighs a lot. And it's, yeah. a large surface area that's just being dragged by the water and you're just they're being dragged by you're the water tethered to it <laughs> yeah you're like underwater blah, 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 blah. it's fine <laughs> like, it's fine it's fine i'm fine everything's at fun. some point <laughs> but with the shortboard it's not that bad like you get no. wiped and it's like it's not that bad it's more work but it's i would just bad. yeah totally but super fun hobby and get to be outside it's really nice yeah yeah. In the water. Bye, Caitlin. Bye, Caitlin. I Caitlin, don't like Caitlin being outside, surfing. so I left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, there's like a divide. It's like Theora and I are the sports lesbians, and Caitlin is the theater lesbian. Yeah, theater dance singing. Right. So that transitions into our next segment in no way, shape, or form, but we're just going to go for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So thank you for uh, all your insight and all of your really um, thoughtful answers to our questions. For this next section, we're just gonna add, we're almost at the end. We're just gonna ask you a couple of like rapid fire type, would you rather questions, which mm -hmm. you can elaborate on if you want to or not, just leave it as it is. So All right. the first one, <laughs> of course, I this guess this is our question trademark question. That they make me ask every time. <laughs> okay, blame them. So first, would you rather, would you rather Get the sex talk from Ava or Lilith? Uh, Ava. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, same. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel I feel like, like Lilith would end up, like, yelling at me. 
scarring you for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why don't you understand? <laughs> <laughs> it's simple. <laughs> uh, I love it. I knew you were gonna. <laughs> to continue just go keep going all right so would you rather be trapped in a tomb forever with adriel or mother superior on a bad day mother superior on a bad day because at least she can't put her hand inside my chest cavity yeah yeah or anywhere else breaker (laughs) no inside (laughs) my body where i don't want it exactly yeah because grabbing someone's (laughs) the inside of someone's chest should be consensual Yes, most definitely. Right. Kind of invasive. <laughs> okay. Would you rather be stuck in a wall forever with only your head outside or paralyzed? <laughs> Sorry. Wait, so I'm not I mean, I'm really... paralyzed, I'm not in the wall. Correct. Or am I not in the wall? paralyzed? Well, I mean, right. if you're stuck in the wall, you're paralyzed no matter what. Right. <laughs> So okay, I mean, you could potentially out. get out of the wall. There's a caveat to this. But you're okay, stuck so in I'm, a wall forever, Bray. Yeah, go ahead. I'm stuck in the wall with just my head out. Or I'm stuck in the wall paralyzed. Is that yes. no, 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 or just no, 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 we were very it was late when we were making these questions it was Bree and me and we were very tired i could still live my life and be taken places and enjoy myself like pretty normally but if i was stuck in a wall though none of those things would happen somebody would have to put a video screen in front of me like this are these are the alps let's go on yeah there's literally everything Hearing people could torture you and just like put on shows that you don't want to watch. That's exactly. awful. Yeah. I don't know For if sure. you've seen Twitches 2 at all, but like that movie, someone's just like literally stuck in a wall, and that's what I thought of. Like you could just like <laughs> stare at people, <laughs> just follow them down the hall and creep them out. Can, can you imagine somebody you just walking past a big block and then all of a sudden somebody's head just turns? <laughs> Wow. Let's not imagine that. We'll move on to the next question. (laughs) Nightmares. Sorry, everyone at home. Nightmare fuel. Okay. So I guess this kind of goes to the nightmares. Would you rather fight a Tarrasque demon using only a spatula or a Pope on the rope? I don't even know what that is. On a rope. (laughs) Have you? Okay. Pope on a rope is literally this soap. It's a soap that looks like the Pope and it's on a rope. So you can like. (laughs) Make it in you can it like, your thing in the bath. Yeah. So you can yes, make it into that. a <laughs> So uh, you got a spatula or a pope on a rope. I mean, maybe the pope on a rope, because if I said that I defeated a tarasque with a pope on the rope, I feel like it's more impressive than I if I defeated the tarasque with a spatula. Then you could definitely do anything, right? Yeah. I mean, and you'd score a lot of points in the church, I imagine. Yeah. I, I defeated him with the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta market yourself, you know? Yeah, he lent a hand. <laughs> yeah. A slippery one. I oh, couldn't body. have done it without the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> On a rope. Brie uh, <laughs> and I are not allowed to write that. these questions at night. Listen, that's a great question. It was me because there was a joke about Pope on a rope, and anyway. I figured it was it funny considering it exists. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> okay, so would you rather be on the run with Ava or stuck in the convent as a nun as of the non-warrior kind? On the run with Ava. I mean, duh. Yeah. Anything. Freedom. On the run. Anything. Yeah. With Ava especially. Yeah. He's wily. Yeah. All right. I mean, I would too. Yeah. Just, well, she. I she's think a big, would. She's a big Ava is cute fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. I'm just saying. But 
<laughs> That's not the point of this conversation. I meant you. Oh my god. Me? Yeah, I know. Christina on Twitter, Instagram, all the all the social medias. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank like you. We're having on season two. Thank you. you. Oh, no, right. you. Watch some more. You're not <laughs> season two. It's not written in the I have no idea what to say. So thank you. Yes, we love you anyway. Thank you, thank thank you, you for you hanging out with thank us. You so much. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. And please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes, and please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus.